This is a Payone Media production. The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. Enjoy the show. It's Demasi and Michael just talking tech. That was my Discord experiment. Uh, those who didn't know, I'm experimenting with stages in Discord to stream audio all over the place. And I think we'll get there because we got halfway there. Um, so we'll experiment with it. I want to avoid having to use a different sound card, but if I have to, I will bring in another sound card to bring audio in. And that might be what I need or an audio interface. Mm, yeah, good work. Or you could use my packages, grab patch cable that yeah yeah patch cable send it to group send you to group one and then but the problem with that is i don't know if this that's why i said maybe another sound card and i might pick up a not sponsored by at guys uh sound card and plug that in because i'm not sure if i can set line like if line in will work on this computer or if it will naturally if i set the input to, to the onboard ca- uh, microphone it'll naturally use that microphone i think uh gotcha yeah because not all line line in is a a um a dwindling feature <laughs> of computers it is it is but I'll do some poker. And then lastly, I'm going to pick Doug's brain because what I want to do is probably doable with VAC. I can imagine so. Yeah. So what I want to eventually do, and if you're interested, go show some support at yourownpay.com slash support, is do live streaming of Demasi and my recording. And actually, Demasi, now that I'm thinking all of this through, I know how we could do it. I invite you to speak on the stage and only you and me speak on the stage. And then we both mute our discord channels and record on clean feed. Ah, that could work. So I thought you were going to say what I was thinking, which is, well, I could just route all of this stuff on my end and make it work. Well, there's that too. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so if you guys want us to record live and someone's actually listening to this podcast and you're like, Hey, that would be cool. Tweet one of us and say, yes, I'd love to catch you guys live and we'll work harder at making this happen. Cause we've, we've thrown the idea around a little bit, just never, never push the buttons to make, try to make it happen. And I'm one less, it's weird. I'm one less kid. But I have another kid. Those who have listened to the podcast forever, Evan is with us at this time. And Nicholas went home as of today. So it's like it equals out. And now I can just say I permanently have three kids. Although Andrew working all the time. It's like I have two and a half kids. Because he just comes home and sleeps. And every once in a while eats. (laughs) Mm. He's working in a restaurant. So he's having restaurant food. Oh, yeah. So he's not having to eat at home that often. Yeah, yeah. that's what happens when you get your first job. I remember my first job that I worked over the summer, like started out sort of like his situation. Like I was supposed to be part time uh, (laughs) stocking at the grocery store. And yeah, I would end up with checks bigger than my manager sometimes. Yeah, I worked so much. Part time lasted a whole half a day, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and of course, I was taken all the time to forgive me because, you know, I wanted that money. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, mm-hmm. and, and it worked. Yeah. Now, he goes and picks up football equipment tomorrow, which I need to let him know that so he can tell his boss that he needs to go pick up his football equipment. So I don't know what's going to happen when football comes. I don't know what it is, what he's going to end up doing. He's probably going to still work, honestly. I think he's 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 got the the working bug and I think he he could easily say no, but he doesn't. He would prefer to work and and there's no problem with that, but I'm concerned that hopefully his schoolwork doesn't take a negative impact on it. I don't think it will, but yeah. yeah. We'll see. I mean, probably not, but we'll see. Also, uh, so where you live, is it, I, I know it's, well, I don't know that it's small. I kind of get the sense that it's kind of small. smaller. <laughs> so is there just one high school there or is there more than one high school? Yeah, there's just one. So in this particular instance, and this is one of the beauties, if you, you know, for people who've never lived in like an actual small town, uh, they probably take their football pretty seriously, mm-hmm. uh, which means, Wow. Did you hear that? That boom? Yeah. Was that thunder? It is thunder. Ah. ah. <laughs> so if this episode randomly gets cut off, I'll leave you that thunder in the recording. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was going to say, for those of you who have never lived in a small town that does take their football pretty seriously, especially when you're still in high school and you play football, mm-hmm. uh, employers that employ you tend to be a lot more flexible around football schedules. Yep. They sure do. And, and employers often are sponsors of the football team or the live broadcast of the football team. So it's to their benefit that their employees do well while playing football. It's, it's, it's all about the small town. Yep. So that's why my ultimate dream I want to share with everybody is that I want to buy enough land to have my own little small town. Yeah. So you can play football. Oh, no. (laughs) 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 No, just so I can have that small town feel of like, I know everybody that lives here and everybody that lives here knows me because if I own it, then, you know, well, obviously you can't move there if I don't allow you. I mean, I don't have to own it all by myself. I I (laughs) love for other people to throw in for us to get, you know, several thousands of acres of land uh but you know we'll see what happens probably won't be well i don't know by the time by the time financially i think we should be ready to do something like that uh the government may be the point that they'll sell off some of this forestry land that they are sitting on yeah because they're gonna make money back somehow (laughs) (laughs) so man i have got to start time tracking again i have not been doing it i think we discussed this a while back maybe a couple of months ago Uh, Mm uh-huh that is a side effect of our new kind of recording and publishing schedule too is that it used to be i would say like oh we discussed this and it literally would probably probably be three or four months ago whereas this conversation probably happened sometime during this summer i feel like yeah yeah uh but I, yeah i gotta start back time tracking because I'm, I'm one i need to know where i'm spending my time like i seriously need to know where i'm spending my time at on a couple of projects so i can either try to cut that level of work i mean cut the the amount of time it takes me to do things become more efficient at it or uh you know raise prices or something because you're spending more time on projects than what you had initially thought uh so it's not so much that i'm spending more time than i initially thought is so 
what what prompted this is uh, a project that me and you were discussing, you know, over the past couple of days because you've been helping me out with the A Weber stuff, uh, just kind of on guidance and stuff like that. I when I once I finished up doing everything I had to do, I was like, I wonder how long that actually took, and I couldn't, you know, I know I cannot accurately anywhere near accurately estimate right because mm-hmm. as a you know as most people are like. I can say, oh, well, that probably took me about an hour and it might have taken three hours. Like, I literally don't know. Uh, and I don't like not knowing how much time I spent on that particular project because in future, if I continue doing this or I pick up another gig doing this, like, I need to know how to price that based off how long it takes me. And also, I need to be aware of, am I actually getting better at doing this? Because it was the first time I did a lot of the things that I did inside of Aweber or... You know, am I just basically at a base level and this is as fast as I'm going to get, which means I need to look at either not picking up such projects or outsourcing them to someone who is better at them than I am. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's when you're aware of where you're spending your time, it can make a huge impact on both both sending that invoice at the end of the month. So, you know how much time you're spending on projects and accepting or rejecting projects and Lastly, before we move on, I do got to tell you, your timing is impeccable. We talked about time tracking on July 20th in DM 74. Aha. And links will be to it at links will be in that. (sighs) You can get links to that at your own pay.com slash DM 76. It's going to be another one of those episodes, huh? (laughs) Man. You know, if I still did the custom ring tone thing i would uh i would totally yank that clip out of the episode where you kept i I don't i can't even remember i even to this day i don't remember what you were trying to say but you had to try to say it like three times you did drop it in at the beginning of the episode as the uh as the opener i would totally make that your ringtone if i still (laughs) yeah i know i know it would be it would be entertaining yeah for all the five minutes and then maybe like the Fourth time you call me in the same day, I'm like, man, you know what? I got to turn this shit off. <laughs> <laughs> so what else is going on, Michael? Not a whole bunch is going on. Uh, for those who are involved, I'll put links to this over at the show notes, though. I am working on re-imaging this radio. That's my biggest tech project is re-flashing the updated firmware to this radio. Uh, Apparently, there are some new features, and the team has been working on getting that. This might be a reason for me to learn C. I don't know about that. That, That's a a high commitment. (laughs) So the firmware is in C, recorded in C, or not recorded, but programmed in C. And it makes these $70 to $90 radios fully accessible like everything reads and you can go in and program stuff and now they have what's called auto zones and it's not the car place as i was telling someone (laughs) today (laughs) that will allow you to my understanding and i haven't poked it yet so my understanding could be wrong but it sounds like it will allow you to pick a automatic 
set of frequencies in your local area, such as marine frequencies, and be able to just have those automatically added to your radio so you can listen to them. You wouldn't be able to transmit, but you can monitor them, which means that this would make a completely accessible scanner as well for someone who didn't necessarily have their ham radio license. As long as you weren't transmitting, you could use this to scan different frequencies in your local area and listen to things going on and know what you were listening to in most cases. That's my understanding of it. Sounds too good to be true, but uh, there's that. And then uh, I've been poking at my calendar. We talked about that last time. And I am posting ads on RS Games, and I'm going to ask Demasi what's new for him here in a second as I get RS Games pulled up so I can share some numbers with Demasi about that. So, Demasi, what's new with you? So since we last recorded, I have acquired two Raspberry Pis. Uh, wait a minute, did I talk about that last time? I don't even remember. No, nope, no, I got them yet. Because you you didn't even order them last time we talked. Because you ordered them like last Friday, didn't you? Uh, two weeks ago. So it's probably right after the episode, like the yeah. week that the episode publishes, probably when I actually ordered them. So yeah, I have acquired two Raspberry Pis. I have a Raspberry Pi four B uh, with four gigs of RAM. And a Raspberry Pi 3, uh, 3B, actually. So uh, getting into that a little bit, I did go and install Pi-hole on the Raspberry mm-hmm. Pi 3. Been playing around with that, tinkering with that a bit. Uh, it's just nice. It does solve a couple of issues that I wanted to solve as far as internal LAN routing. And it has a side effect of like wiping the ass off of you know websites. So I don't get those in the way. Uh, pretty nice, actually really simple to set up. Uh, and as I mentioned to Michael, uh, after setting up the Pi OS that I use, I forget what I use. I did not use Raspbian. I used, uh, something. I, I will find it and give Michael a link in the show notes. But after setting it up, I called Michael. And I said, this is going to sound really dumb. And I think intellectually i knew this but i actually had to sit down with a raspberry pi and go configure it like outside of the step of imaging using uh etcher uh which i I used to uh put the image of uh the os onto the micro sd card before putting it into the pi once i booted up the pi like i called mike i was like man it's just like doing stuff on leno (laughs) except it's local and There's something right here. Like, what I I could do this. I, I, when yeah, you this, mess it up, you easy. can pull the plug and grab the SD card and reimage it, and you don't even have to go through DigitalOcean's cloud control panel or exactly. Windows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, are you doing anything with the four? Uh, not as of yet. I'm kind of researching a couple of different things. I think the first, I think actually, what I'm going to do with the Pi Four first is just install uh, the Ubuntu version. Mm. Uh, Ubuntu LTS 20.04 on there and just play around with building out different things. I probably will throw Nginx on there, try running some some local web services uh, just to get comfortable. Uh, I do have a couple of books that now they will be extremely useful. So I'll probably start <laughs> reading through those and getting ideas of things to build uh, for sure. Uh, and been thinking about and investigating. So one thing I do most certainly uh, intend on investigating is uh, Homebridge mm. uh, and checking that out. There's a platform, may not be the right word, there's an interface to Homebridge called Hoobs, uh, and Hoobs is just built on top of the Homebridge 
um, software and Homebridge for anybody not familiar is a a package that was created by a very enterprising person to allow you to integrate non HomeKit compatible smart home devices into HomeKit so that you can control them from the home app. So things like smart things and I believe there's even ways to bring Google devices or Nest devices in and be able to control those through the home app. Uh, and it works by using plugins. Uh, Hoos is just an interface, a web, gives you a nice web interface for managing all of that. I do now know that Homebridge does have its own web interface, mm-hmm. but that's more recent. Uh, the Hoos project was created before Homebridge created their web interface. And from looking at Hoos and researching Hoos, like it's fairly straightforward to set up uh, and use and add uh, devices so definitely interested in playing around with that. And of course, my long term or one of my projects that I have to work on also is uh, building a home NAS because Synology is just not the way I want to go. <laughs> too, too, too rich for my blood. I'll admit it. A yeah. little too rich for mine, man. Like seriously, like I, I can, I can, uh. I can definitely make that work in different ways. Uh, also have a Windows computer that I'm most likely, it's an old desktop, I'm most likely just going to stick a SSD in it and just put Linux on it. Uh, even though a friend of the show, Doug, was not enough to help me out with getting a, a version of Windows to put on it to replace what I think may be a screwed up version of the installation. But I'm probably just going to go with Linux on that, set it up as a Plex server. February 16th, we talked about Raspberry Pis on DM66 uh, called Robotic Pie Ham. And I am in not impressed because what we talked about on that episode has happened. Both of us have ended up with more than just one Raspberry Pi. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I have a feeling that we're both going to end up with maybe maybe one more. I think probably, I don't know about you, but I want to pick up a three because I have this Pi zero that I bought from Doug. Thanks Doug. And I have this raspberry four raspberry Pi four B that I need to figure out what I want to do with that raspberry Pi. But there's a all-star project that I've talked a little bit about that I want to get involved in. And that's going to take a raspberry Pi three because it's, it's the four B that I have is overkill for what I need to do with that. I might poke Mm -hmm. at asterisk or incredible PBX with this 4B and see what I can do with it. Uh, I also, I eventually want to get, uh, and I told Demosity this, and I'm not sure if it'll happen or or if I'm going to actually feel that ambitious, but eventually I want to get an invoicing software internal running on it. And then I asked myself, Michael, is it worth it? Because we already got one that, that is working. Like it hasn't, it hasn't slowed down uh, as I'm loading it right now to make sure that it's still working and everything. But like we've got a perfectly good setup. Uh, huh, it's still up and snappy too perfectly good setup so maybe i won't use that for uh one of the raspberry pies so that's my thoughts i also might do kind of like what you were talking about doing and grab a ubuntu and install it just to just to poke around and improve my linux skills on something that i can break that isn't mission critical yep definitely so i'm most certainly going to end up with more of these at least one more probably more than that because another long more long-term project at this point so i'm not even investigating or anything like that but i have been interested in a while 
in the home security systems, uh, smart uh, home security systems. Yeah. And the reason I haven't really investigated any of the ones that are on the market is because, well, I got a little bit of, you know, <laughs> somebody said something somewhere and I was like, ah, you know, all the things are out there for me to build my own. Uh, right. So I will just more likely do that because then I get exactly what I want out of it versus paying for something where it cost me 250 bucks to get the starter kit for this thing but it only got one door sensor and one window sensor well i need more than just that plus so month, by the time plus, plus monthly, monthly monitoring <laughs> yeah all of that stuff uh and shortly after that i think what actually put me down this path was the raspberry pi foundation put out a raspberry pi camera that can be used for a security camera so make your own smart doorbell or your own you know camera stick up cam like the uh, ring cameras i was like well that makes a lot more sense and i don't have to do the extra work of trying to research a company and find out hey will you allow me to store stuff locally versus streaming it to your cloud or whatever uh, so that is that is a long term project for sure. And I think one of my kids is probably going to have me into uh, some sort of robot stuff at some point. My son is always trying to build robots. So as soon as he gets a little bit bigger uh, and a little bit more cautious than he is today, uh, we're we'll <laughs> be trying to build something that, you know, may not be off of Raspberry Pi, maybe one of those other boards like Arduino or something like that. But uh, I'm liking it, having fun. Uh, definitely going to build out Ubuntu and just play with it. See if I can run WordPress. I do want the pie that you have, though. Uh, you want the 4B what? that you have. Uh, so I do want the pie that you have, though, the 4B uh, with the 8 gigs around. Ah. Uh, but it is possible I will acquire a 2012 Mac Pro. Uh, ah, you still working on that? Yeah, I just need to go shift. I mean, I just need to send the guy a shipping label, which I'll do at some point. Uh, yeah, probably going to use them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't you have a few other things to ship? I do have other stuff to ship. <laughs> uh do have other stuff to ship, so I do need to go set up this Orange Miller account. But yeah, I, I get the Mac Pro, and what I'm thinking about with that, there are still ways to kind of keep that upgraded. I probably won't mess around with it, at least not initially trying to upgrade its processor, but I can definitely put in SSDs. All the, all the Basically, all the hard drives I have laying around that are terabyte or better, I can just shove in there. And that is what I want to ultimately be my Plex server, but I'm going to play around with Plex on the Pi just a bit, just to see how it runs uh and because of some nice configuration options with pi so for example and michael reminded me of this uh, a couple of days ago but you know let's say i put together a system on the raspberry pi and i need to have it automatically connect to my wi-fi i can drop a config file on the root of the card when i boot it up for the first time it will mm-hmm. grab that information uh that brings us back the possibility of you know, not a necessarily a business, but like a little side hustle uh, sort of deal of building out something like, say, a, you know, home uh, NAS system or a uh, Plex server or something like that for an individual and, you know, charging them for the pie and the, the stuff that goes with the pie and a little bit for labor uh, and, you know, just shipping that off, you know, getting the information that they need to auto connect to their network. And when they get it, they plug it in. And now you have a NAS system that you don't mm-hmm. have to really touch or screw with all that much. Like it's already set up versus doing it yourself when a lot of people don't have that necessary 
you know, drive to do that. These cameras are 50 bucks. I didn't yep. realize they were that cheap. Yep. Man, man, why? Why do you got to do this to me? Maybe I just found a use for this 4B. <laughs> man, you can uh, make one hell of a security system, man. I sure can, Evan. Hope you're listening. yeah that that's exciting though um especially if you can turn that into maybe not a full-time business but something that that you could experiment experiment with another thing to add to the mix and i'm not sure how much you want to get into it but you could theoretically buy you know, get a system in place to buy Raspberry Pis. It's going to take a little bit more investment because I hear you can get them for between $150 to $400. Pick up a 3D printer and 3D print custom cases that fit the Raspberry Pi and any storage solutions too. Hmm. That was an idea. I've been wanting a 3D printer though. Yeah. Because yeah. I got there small is a, kids. There's a blind gentleman on Lazarus list that does 3d printing and uh, i'm i'm intrigued to see some of his work because i'm i have not played with anything 3d printed that i'm aware of which is saying a lot about the technology because i i promise i probably have played with something that was 3d printed and i didn't didn't even know it phone cases come to mind yeah phone cases probably uh there's probably things i've touched that have been 3d printed too I'll link to it at your own pay.com slash DM 76, but the TPU snap on case that AT guys sells for orbit writers are 3d printed. And so I've thought about just having one of those shipped over to me and checking it out. But yeah, 3d printing is, is, has come a long ways than where it was in the past. Yeah, man, I, I did not know they had gotten that cheap. Uh, JJ did a podcast episode. It'll be at the show notes with the with a maker foundation. Um, and that's not the name of it, but they were talking about getting accessible uh, tools to be able to 3D print something because you have to have different like dimensions and information about the product itself. So being able to 3D print something is good until you need to make modifications to it to fit what you need. And there are some solutions out there that are available and I'll link to that podcast might be worth you listening to. Absolutely. Hmm. So that's what's new. I had some follow up from last week, but I don't remember what, or two weeks ago, but I don't remember what it was. So it must not have been very good follow up. And one of these days, you know, Taylor brought up a good point for, an idea thing for me. She was going to use it to get ideas for content that people could publish. And she was going to make use a gravity form and have it, drop it into an Excel or a uh, Google sheet spreadsheet. And that way she can add dates of either when she's going to go live with the content or when she has published it and then put URLs to the content as well to keep track of it, especially when creating content. Great idea. Um, some of that came from me. Uh, a lot of that came from her, but I was just thinking I should set up a private gravity form or even just a Google form, something to go put in when I get random ideas at two o'clock in the morning that say, Hey, we should do follow up on this. Although if I didn't use the to do a shortcut too much, am I really going to go fill out a form (laughs) 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 to do it, man? What are you doing with to doist? 
Not a thing. Not a thing. So I went into Todoist the other day. I had 26 uncompleted tasks because if you let a reoccurring task uh, go past due, it'll count that as an incompleted task. But thankfully, it doesn't count everyone that you missed uh, com- incompleted. Uh, so I went in there and I completed a couple of tasks. I think I completed like 18 of them because I'm like, yeah, I did all these. I did all these. And then I haven't been back in there. So I need to, to poke at that a little more. And yeah, I'm I'm not quite certain what the friction is for me with with Todoist at the moment or with to do apps in general, but there's there's something there that I just haven't figured out yet. Because there was a point in time where like I, I kept everything in Todoist yep. and I was checking things off and setting it up right and all that. And it's like now it's like I, I don't know what it is, but I'm just kinda letting it cook itself out, I guess. <sighs> So what have you thought about doing with Todoist? The thoughts I have right now is like, I need to go through export all of my data so that I can at least have a backup of it and just delete everything and start over from scratch. Yeah. Yep. That's about all we got to say about Todoist this time. Cause that is, that's, that's how it's been. I need, I like you. I need to get back into it and get some, get some shit accomplished in it. Um, so I was going to look up RS game numbers. So we're looping back up there through an RS games ad up on the 8th of August. So six days ago, you know, yep. my math, right? Six days ago, it's been broadcasted a total of 3,404 times and 12 times it's been requested to be sent to someone's email, which doesn't sound like a lot, but my ad copy is substantially longer than it probably needs to be. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to probably go in and edit this ad copy and see if those numbers go up. And this is as of recording at 844 Pacific time on the 14th. And I'm probably going to advertise DM 76 using the same ad and see if those numbers go up at all and uh, experiment with that a little bit. And yeah, so I just wanted to go back to those numbers because I mentioned that. So, man, so in the news. <laughs> We normally don't do in the news stuff, but this is a topic that I at least want to talk about just a bit. Uh, Apple recently made an announcement that they're adding some new child protection features into iOS 15. I should be on the beta tomorrow also, by the way. But they're adding some new child protection features in iOS 15. There are three things that they announced. I'm going to say up front that I think they should have handled this a little differently and not announced all of those things together mm-hmm. uh, because I think that has contributed to the overall confusion uh, that some people are experiencing and trying to understand what it is Apple is and is not doing and the capabilities Apple has and does not have. Um, I want to touch on a couple of just two of the three things, because the third thing is really just them filtering searches and, and trying right. to steer you away from negative parts of the Internet, which is, you know, whatever. Like, you can, there's always ways I don't use Siri to search for stuff anyway. Right. Uh, 
but it's pretty straightforward. We will link in the show notes at youronpay.com slash DM76 to Apple's uh, explanation of what these features are. Also on that page are FAQs and a link, well, several links to different white papers uh, that get into more technical detail about how they're doing what they're doing. Uh, but there are two things that they're they're doing that I think people are conflating and mashing together and also leading to some confusion and angst to where, you know, the Internet being the Internet, people are like, oh, man, they're rage quitting, you know, iCloud photo mm-hmm. library or whatever. Uh, and that's the one I want to talk about first is the uh, CSAM. Wait, is that how you say a CSAM? I think child sexual abuse material. Yes. CSAM, C-S-A-M. And that stands for child sexual abuse material. Uh, A long word or long phrase, uh, but to me, sounds a whole lot better than kitty porn because that makes some dirty shit sound (laughs) slightly cutesy. Uh, So the first thing, the thing that's got people rage quitting iCloud photo library and not understanding what Apple is doing and all of that is their CSAM scanning of your images. There's a lot of technical details about this that I'm not really going to get into. I understand some of it. Some of it is like how they accomplished it. I understand how it works is well over my head. There's some very cool uh, encryption stuff that's going on there. But ultimately what it comes down to is that Apple will Starting at some point in iOS 15, because this may not be a feature that's implemented day one, but eventually in iOS 15, Apple will scan any photos that are uploaded from an iOS device to iCloud photo library. So if you're using iCloud uh, photos in the cloud, like if you just have your app and you're not syncing your photos up to the cloud and this does not apply to you at all. But if you are using iCloud photo library, they will scan each image as it goes up. Now, what they're actually doing is they're running the image through a hashing algorithm. Uh, short explanation is not a full explanation or, or technical specification of how it works, but think of a hash this way. You get an egg, you crack the egg open, you still have the egg, the yolk and all of that. You whip the egg, you know, like you're going to make scrambled eggs or something. And now it's, it's just a, you know, big mess of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, with the egg example, which is sort of a bad example, you cannot put that egg back together again. With a hash, well, you can't reverse that either. So I guess it is an apt explanation. However, I could, uh, with hashing, uh, you run you run a text or an image uh, or, or whatever it is you want to hash through this hashing algorithm, and it comes out with a set uh, character string on the other end. You cannot reverse this hash to figure out what it is. What you can do is compare a another string of text or another image to see if you get the exact same hash. If you got the exact same hash and you know it matches. Right. This is how password hashing works, right? So on WordPress, for example, on, on Michael's WordPress site, when he logs in, his password is not in plain text. Uh, it is hashed. So even should someone manage to break into Michael's database, they will not be able to actually recover his password by just yanking it out of the database what they could do if michael was using the password password one two three he is not but if he was someone would 
run, you know, they would look at all the typical passwords people use. Password one, two, three is probably one of those. They would run that through their hashing algorithm because they could see what type of hash she was using and then say, oh, well, password one, two, three got me the same string that I got out of Michael's user data. So that means he is using password one, two, three. Mm-hmm. That's how hashing works. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different with image hashing because the way that they're doing it is they're not simply comparing all of the bytes of the image. So this works even if the image, the original image has been scaled up, scaled down, rotated, uh, converted from one format to another, you know, such as converted from a JPEG to a GIF or a PNG or whatever. Right. But what Apple is doing is they're taking your photo before it goes up to iCloud. So still on your device, they're running it through this hashing algorithm that is being used to match image hashes. And then they are checking the hash of your image against a locally stored database that that is going to be on your device of uh, material from the National Center for exploited and missing children. And I'm glad I got that out right the first time. I may not do it again. <laughs> the National Center for Exploited and Missing Children. No, Missing and Exploited Children. I'm sorry. NCMEC is the uh, acronym. or But National Center for Missing and Exploited Children is the United States um, entity that Fights child abuse, sexual exploitation, uh, tries to help people, you know, locate, recover uh, missing kids. And they interface a lot with law enforcement. So, you know, as law enforcement, let's say they break up a a child sexual abuse ring and they have all these images and videos and all of that, that 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 data is eventually given to the NCMEC. They're the only entity in the United States allowed to have the actual images and videos of child sexual abuse. No other government agency, local law enforcement, etc., are legally able to hold that material. It is illegal to hold that material in the United States unless you are the NCMEC. There are other similar agencies in different countries. Uh, I don't know their names, but they do exist in other countries as well. Uh, so. Our NCMEC and then with the other agencies from around the world that are also doing the same similar type of good works to try to save children out of bad situations. They have these images. They run their database of images, all go through this hashing algorithm, and then they disseminate the hashes uh, to cloud providers and other companies, you know, law enforcement, et cetera. So Apple has that database of the hashed images that Apple does not have the actual images. Right. They just have the list of hashes, right? They're putting them on your device uh, and you will have that database and that database can only be updated during an iOS update. So your image that you, you take a picture and you're uploading photos to iCloud Photo Library before it leaves your device. First, it gets hashed, and then they're going to compare the hash of each image that they hash off your device against the database of hashes that are also on your device. Uh, if there is a match for any of those hashes, they're going to put a little encrypted tag on it that says this image matched image, you know, blah, blah, blah in the database. And then they'll continue with the upload to iCloud. At there is a um, again, all this is happening on your device. Once the image is uploaded to iCloud, it's just there. Right. So let's say this wouldn't I don't know how to say this wouldn't happen because, you know, errors do happen. But there there would be no uh, child sexual 
abuse material on my device. But let's say I upload an image, it goes through the hashing process on device and it matches one of the hashes from the database from the NCMEC. Well, they're still going to upload that photo to iCloud photo library and it'll be there and I can download it on other devices and all of that, share it, do all those things. It will, because it matched this hash, get a little encrypted, you know, sort of meta information that'll be encrypted, encrypted that says, hey, this is a match for an image out of the NCMEC database. There's a threshold that so Apple can Apple won't know that that image matched. Nobody will know that that image matched until you reach a threshold of uh, a specific number of images. Uh, recently, we don't know. I don't think, do we? Uh, no. So Craig Federighi actually has said that it's thirty. Uh, so if you have up until the point that you hit that threshold, though, because that threshold could also move. Yep. Uh, but up until you reach the threshold, Apple does not is not even aware that you have matching images in iCloud that match anything out of the NCMEC data. Once that threshold is, and Apple can't just randomly decide, oh, we're going to go search through Demasi Thomas's account and see if he has any matches because they can't decrypt any of the data that mm-hmm. is attached to that image until this threshold is, is reached. And that's where the clever encryption part comes in, uh, because. Apple literally cannot. It's not a they will not. It's they cannot. The way that they have built the encryption for this is that they never get the full key to decrypt the data to determine what the matches were in the database until the threshold is reached. They get little dribbles and bits, but they don't get the entire key until that threshold is reached, which is a very nice system that I would like to deploy myself for other reasons. We'll talk about Mm. that later, though. But so. I could have 10 images if the threshold really is 30 and it remains at 30. Well, I have 10 images. Apple will never know I have those 10, 10 images in my uh, iCloud photo library. Nobody will ever know I have those 10 images except for me. Uh, once the threshold is reached, however, Apple does receive the ability to decrypt that because they will now get the key handed to them uh, for decryption. Once they see that key and they decrypt it, they're going to pass that on to a human. Uh, a human has to review to make sure that there is an actual match like th- this image matches that image there's been no mistake there's not a couple of bits that got twisted up these images actually match and this person does have x number of these images my understanding unless something new has come out since i last heard once they verify that there were no mistakes made these images are not sent to your local law enforcement they're going to suspend your account is what they're going to do and then they're going to pass the information about your possession of these images to the ncmec the ncmec is going to be the uh, organization that is going to interface with law enforcement to come Mm -hmm. see about you and what the hell you're up to uh, that is basically how it works. Uh, like I said, there's a lot more technical detail in how things are done, but that is the basic gist of it. They're going to hash all your images, check them against a local database on your phone. And if there's a match, they will encrypt a piece of metadata, just like the location of your photo is stored as metadata. This fact that you have a match to a hash in the database is going to also be stored as metadata, but it's encrypted. So Apple can't just go combing through your account for any reason and discover that you have any of these images until the threshold is reached. That's when Apple obtains them. Thinking about it like a game. Right. It's not really a game because it's a very serious business, but think about it like a game. You have to achieve certain levels before you unlock the the magic wand or the magic key that allows you to open all doors in the castle. Right. Well, 
you you your phone your device has to upload and have reached or exceeded the threshold of matching hashes before Apple is going to have the ability to unlock your photos and actually start looking at them. And I'm sorry, if your phone exceeds that threshold, honestly, um, this is my opinion. I don't care if Apple goes through your shit because apparently something's wrong there. And I think only people who have a problem once they understand how it works, and I do understand that there's the confusion of not understanding how it works, only those who shouldn't only those who have a reason to be concerned are concerned with this. Again, once people understand it, because there was a lot of information that came out all at once that I think overwhelmed people uh, during this yeah. last week. I think it was last week, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they announced, you know, again, the other two uh, mm-hmm. met- measures that they're taking to try to protect children uh, and also the fact that, you know, it – in order to understand it, you have to go through the lot. Like I really was trying to be as quick and brief with the explanation of how it worked as I possibly could, but I couldn't get it any shorter than what I just did because you have to understand how that at least the basic gist of how the hashing works and understand the fact that all of this happens on your device before it goes to iCloud. Now, the other flip side of this Everybody's already doing this. Apple is actually the probably the last or one of the last companies to come up with the means of scanning for uh, CSAM material and images everywhere else on the Internet that you upload and store photos is already doing this. But they're just doing it server side. They're not doing it locally. They're not trying to protect your privacy. They don't give a shit about your privacy. They're scanning the images server side. So if it's there, they can try to take action to do something about it. Suspend your account, shut you down, uh, go to the I'm assuming they would also follow the same. Uh, measures by going to the NCMEC and letting that organization interface with the police. But I don't know that. I do know that everybody's doing it. Facebook is doing it. Google is doing it. Dropbox is doing it. Um, Flickr, if they're still around, is probably doing it. But I know for a fact that Facebook and Google are doing it. I know that Microsoft is doing it. I know that Dropbox is doing it because I have seen, you know, pronouncements of them doing it. Facebook says they found 20 million images last year. That's a lot of images uh, that matched you know, stuff that was stored in the NCMEC database. The only difference in what they're doing and what Apple is doing, and keep in mind, people, like I said, it is illegal to possess these images. This is not, you know, you're a 20 year old, you're a teenager, you're you're 30, 40, 50, however, and you go to Pornhub and you watch grown adult consenting people uh, in pornography. You're not storing pictures that someone took of a grown adult consenting person that chose to do this. We're talking about images of children doing the same type of shit or being forced to do the same type of shit that you see on Pornhub or any of the other porn sites. I'm not picking on Pornhub, right? This is where we, it is illegal to possess those images. And it should be. That is, it, it absolutely it should yes. be. I mean, it should be a murderable offense, but that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> yes, yes. It is illegal to possess these images. Hence the reason Apple does not actually have the images. They just have the hash of the images. Facebook only gets the hashes of the images. They don't get the images unless they find them in your account. Uh, the only difference in what Apple is doing and what everybody else is doing is Apple is trying to be 
is trying to stick to their line of being privacy focused and they're doing everything on your device versus doing it in the cloud, which exposes all of your images to be rummaged through. Right. And they're putting protections in place to prevent your images just from being rummaged through because, you know, for whatever reason, somebody decides, let me see if this person has any of this crap in their, their account. Right. Also, again, if you do not use iCloud photo library, none of this happens. Mm. If you mm. are currently using iCloud photo light and I don't think that they're retroactively scanning stuff on uh, the cloud because they can't. But as images go down and come back up and all of that, it will go through this process once it's initiated. But right now, because this feature is not active, if you are using iCloud photo library and you choose to disable that feature in your account, well, then none of this happens to you. Yeah. But I don't think it's a bad thing. I understand some of the concern because, yes, here's the here's some possibilities I've heard people throw out that, OK, they're valid concerns. Uh, well, what if and I'm going to pick on, you know, I'm going to pick on the U.S. I'm going to stop picking on China so much. I'm going to pick on the mm-hmm. U.S. Let's say the United States government. And we've had, you know, recently someone that probably would have attempted to do something like this. And I'm not saying we don't have people still in in place right now in the federal government that would attempt this. But let's say the federal government decides, well, hey, we want we Apple, we want to add these images to your database so that if we get matches for, you know, this symbol or people yeah. performing this action or that picture or whatever, you know, it'll help us find dissidents or people who are trying to take down the government or people who are, are homegrown terrorists or whatever the case may be. Right. Well, yes, Apple does have the ability to do that. Apple has come out and said, we are not going to add any additional images whatsoever to this database on the behest of any government the only images that will be stored on your device will come from the ncmec and you know they probably listen to them i haven't actually i don't remember but you know any other organizations in other countries that perform similar work as the, the national center for missing and exploited children does in the united states this is the only place we're taking images from or taking the hashes of images from these are the only things we're going to be checking against we will not you know do anything insert anything on the behalf of a government request that's what they have said i get that absolutely 100 percent. they could go back on that they could be forced into doing it because well chinese law says you have to do this or they get issued with one of those secret uh it's not an indictment i forget exactly what it's called now one of those national security letters though where they're like hey you have to do this thing and you also can't tell people that we made you do it Mm. right they could get hit with one of those and choose to comply with such a thing and there's no way we would know but i've said this in prior episodes a few times sometimes funnily sometimes not so funnily just kind of depends on what type of mood i happen to be in apple holds the keys to ios period they can do whatever the fuck they want to do. And there's no way we would know anything about it unless somebody from inside of Apple chose to snitch it out. Mm-hmm. Apple yep. could be a front for the NSA. All of the privacy and uh, encryption and, and security that Apple claims to provide and that we think they provide could easily be supple- you know, uh, uh, subjugated simply by them inserting, you know, giving the keys to iOS to the NSA so that the NSA could sign and decrypt and do all of that stuff. They could, they could have been, they could have done that years ago. We would not know. Same thing with iMessage. I pointed this out about iMessage before. Apple holds the keys to iMessage 
so that you, we, us, the users of iMessages don't have to manage our own keys and, you know, make sure that, mm. you know, I don't have to make sure Michael has my new public key when I get a new phone uh, or I reset my phone, which I'm about to do. Uh, so Apple is holding those keys. Hence the reason you sign in with your Apple ID and there are all your messages and people can start texting you and iMessaging you again and everything still works because Apple holds the keys. Apple can very easily insert themselves or anyone else they chose to into an iMessage conversation and you not know that that person is a part of the conversation if they chose to do so. There's nothing we can do about that. I choose to believe that Apple it does have what they say at the at the core of their business. They are trying to make sure that we, the users, the purchasers of their devices are protected we have privacy options to protect us you look at all the other things apple does and there's a lot of i mean a lot of the technical shit they did just to get the hashing stuff to work and and the (laughs) image comparison against the hashes to work was completely unnecessary they could have just uploaded your stuff to the cloud and checked all your images against a hash on their servers pretty sure would have got done a hell of a lot faster if they did it on their servers versus doing it on your 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 iphone 7 that you're still holding on to yeah i'm talking to you uh but they didn't. They they did a lot of extra work. I mean, they did they did a ton of extra work. Like just to take a side step, just a minute into that encryption technique that they're using, where they don't get the key until a threshold is reached. Like I heard about that, I was like, man, that's what I need to do because I have been trying to figure out what to do about my digital legacy. I don't necessarily want to hand over my GPG private key to somebody and say, hey, if something happens to me, follow these steps and this will decrypt a file that will give you the information to get into, you know, one password and get into these accounts. And these are the people you should reach out to for help with this because you probably won't know how to do. I don't really want to do that slightly because I'm a little paranoid and I do have a I have a lightweight. I have a tinfoil visor. Uh (laughs) to be honest about it but also look mistakes happen if i lose my private key that's my fault if i've given it to someone else for that emergency case and they make a mistake and lose it well now i have all sorts of problems i gotta clean up that i was not the cause of other than the fact that i gave them the key in the first place Mm -hmm. this idea right here that apple has come up with is like oh you can dribble the key out so like you know look if these thresholds are met, like if I don't do these things that I normally do on a daily basis for more than six weeks, send this person this. And if this happens or this doesn't happen to stop it, then send them this. And, you know, maybe after about a month after that six week threshold starts, then they yep. have the entire have key the to go to crypt yeah. everything. Right. I would love to do that. I would love to set everybody else up to do that because then you don't have to worry about. Oh man, well, gee, she was on this random Wi-Fi network. She don't know what the hell they was doing. She wasn't using a VPN. They mm-hmm. might have my shit. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so that, that is something that is very interesting, but that is a lot. Of, it took them a lot of work to do this. Uh, they, they could have done what Google is doing and, you know, no slaps at Google, no slaps at Facebook or, or, or Dropbox for what they're right. doing because they have to do it. Right. And they had to do something because eventually it's going to be forced upon them the way that they've done it at least gets it done in the most protective way that they possibly can and i agree with michael once you understand because i'm gonna tell you like when i first heard about this the way i heard about it the way it was explained when i first heard about it mm-hmm. i was slightly annoyed i was like <laughs> michael, turn off iCloud photo not because i got anything to hide but man what the hell does apple think they doing yeah but it was poorly explained uh, and I think that's a lot, a large part of people's 
pushback and uproar about this feature is it was poorly explained. There are some details that maybe need to be worked out. Maybe Apple should listen to what some of the more professional security uh, and encryption. I mean, the encryption seems good. Everybody agrees on that. Maybe they should listen to what other people have to say about maybe the threshold or you know, whatever. Like, I don't I don't personally have any complaints with this issue. Yes, it opens the door. All it does is shine a light on something that I've known. Michael's known. A lot of us have known for years, which is Apple has the ability to kind of do whatever the hell they want to do because it's their OS. They hold the keys to sign the operating system. If they don't sign the operating system, it doesn't load. Mm-hmm. They can do anything. Yep. And uh, speaking of poorly explained things. So am I understanding, Demasi, that Apple can re see any of the pictures that are sent to me in my messages? <laughs> oh, so the iMessage thing. This is funny. This is kind of funny <laughs> to me. I, I, I and I'm gonna get to you know once I explain what's going on, I'm gonna get to one of the things that people are annoyed about that I can slightly see their point. But the rest of what I've been hearing about this is just crazy. So what's going on? Apple and iOS 15 again as a way to try to protect children from abusive material uh, or harmful content. First, there are some guidelines. Uh, how should I start this? Okay, let me explain what they're doing first. So, message comes into a minor, and this message contains an image that has been uh, detected to contain pornographic or harmful material. Because I'm pretty sure, well, I would hope that they go beyond just pornographic material. Like, you know, you send my kid of a chopped picture of a chopped up body, I would hope they would blur that out too. Yeah. Uh, but the image comes in, it's detected as being something harmful for a, a child. And the image is blurred and the child will get a notification, you know, a message inside of the messages app. Uh, this, this only, uh, no, this doesn't only work. It works in the messages app. So it applies to iMessages and text messages. Yep. Um, child will get a message that says, Hey, you don't have to view this image. We think that this image may be something dangerous to you that you should not, you know, should not say, I don't know. I don't remember the exact wording, but it's something along the lines of that. And it's, it's written in such a way that it's trying to communicate to a child. Hey, we think this is dangerous. You shouldn't look at it. Uh, you know, would you like to not look at it? Right. And then you have an option. They can say, look, you know, view the image or don't view the image. If the child chooses to view the image and the image will be displayed and they will get a warning saying, hey, this this is considered to be something dangerous for you. So we just want to make sure that you're aware of this. If the child is under the age of 13, so 12 and under, then the parent of said child, parent or guardian of said child will also be notified that the child has viewed a dangerous image and have the opportunity to view said image. They will also Apple will also prevent that image from being deleted. Uh, Same rules apply on outgoing messages. So if a child is about to send a message that has been detected as you know, uh, pornographic or, or harmful or possibly dangerous, something they shouldn't do. They're going to get a similar warning saying, hey, you may not want to send this message because we think that this is is, is bad for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to send a message? Yes or no. If they choose yes, again, if the child is under the age of 13 till 12 and under, the parent will get or parent slash guardian will get a notification that, hey, your child sent a message that contained, you know, something that we have detected to be harmful or dangerous or pornographic, whatever the wording actually says. And I believe, again, the same rules apply. They will prevent that image from being deleted so that the parent guardian can view said image. If the child is 13 to 18, I think is the actual age. Yep. Uh, somebody yep. said 17. I'm like, I think you have to be 18 for your legal adult. Uh, 
So maybe it is 13 to 17, because once you're 18, you are considered a legal adult. Yeah, so it would be 13 to 17. So between 13 and 17, they will get the same warning. But if they choose to view the image or continue sending said image, uh, the parent slash guardian will not be notified. Now, a couple of things on that, but I want to go back and stress a point because I've said this and people are listening like, well, how does it know? How does Apple know who the guardian or parent is? Well, this only applies. Number one, if your child said child is inside of iCloud families. Uh, so that means a parent or guardian had to have set up iCloud for families, added the child account, uh, and then also turned on this feature because it's not on by default. So these three things have to happen. Number one, the child must be inside of an iCloud family. So it can't be your, you know, as some people are, and I'm, I'm you know, not judging because some kids had their iPads before Apple decided to make a family set up. Uh, they have a device and they're just signed in with some random Apple ID and parent probably lied about the age so they can actually get it to work well it doesn't apply to them because you're not inside of iCloud family you are inside of iCloud family you've added your kids but you don't turn this feature on so for example if I don't turn this feature on for my kids it won't have an effect on them it won't exist it does not happen it doesn't work now because my kids are in the family and Apple knows their ages uh, and I do turn this feature on and said any of these things happen either my child tries to send a picture or someone tries to send one to them containing harmful information and they continue to do so i will get a notification and i will be able to go view the image now i'm going to tell you one thing i don't really intend on turning this feature on number one because my kids can only message people that i put in their contacts uh-huh. uh, and they can only receive messages from people that you know are in their contacts so this doesn't even really apply to me at all i don't care right Right. right. So, you know, if you have iCloud family set up and you have young children and you are worried about who to communicate with, like you do have the ability to say only people in their contact list can can they call message, etc. And can they be mm-hmm. messaged and called by? Right. That's how my kids iPads are set up. Mostly because, you know, kids are kids and they'll punch in random numbers and then you don't know who they're talking to. They call them China or something. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not picking on the Chinese. It's just, you know, whatever. They call them some foreign country and I got a ridiculous bill. That's one reason for that. Uh, also, I would like for them to know who they're talking to. I would like to know who they're talking to and not have to sit there and look over their shoulder and figure out what they're doing so they can go play in messages all day long. My son sent me a message yesterday. He sent me two, in fact. <laughs> While I was working, they were just digital testing. I have no idea what he drew because I didn't even look at him. But I know he can only send those type of messages, even though he's just drawing little pictures with the digital touch thing and sending messages. He can only send them to me, his mother, his grandmothers, uh, his sister. I actually think that's it. Oh, yeah. And his sister. Yep. Which drives her fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln, stop texting me. Uh but that that is the gist of how this feature works. Now, what Apple is doing is they they have trained a you know trained a neural engine uh, that is in your in your iOS devices to, and I think this also actually works on the Mac. Uh, I have not gotten any verification on whether or not the image uploading uh, matching stuff is on Mac OS or not. Uh, but I do believe the messages thing also goes across the Mac. They have trained the neural engine to identify pornographic material is what I keep hearing. My feeling is that it's also meant to, or at least my hope, my, I'm also my feeling, I would expect Apple because I hold Apple to a higher standard than I would just, you know, some other places. So my expectation would be that this would not just, is not trained just to detect 
uh, potentially pornographic material, but also potentially just, you know, non-safe viewing material for a child, period, like a chopped up body or beheaded kid or, you know, any of that type of stuff. Right. Anything that displays violence, sexual content, anything like that. I don't know that for a fact. It's just my expectation. What I have constantly heard is is trying to detect pornographic material. Um, so there could, of course, be errors. Hence the reason the kids have a way to bypass it. Uh, you know, for example, I, I've used this example with a couple of people I've explained it to. When my daughter was young, did the same thing with my son too, but I remember doing it first with my daughter because she was the first one born. When she took her first bath in life as a baby, like, as, you know, she was home from the hospital, et cetera, et cetera. And the first time she actually got in the bathtub, not the, I mean, we got pictures of her in the little kitty tub we bought too, the little yeah. baby tub, but the actual grown up bathtub. She was in the grown up bathtub with a duck uh, mm-hmm. and some other toys and a boat and a frog, I think. No, it was a turtle. Uh, we took pictures, right? Because that's what you do as a parent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's a naked kid in the tub. I could try to, if I were a kid, if, if, if my daughter actually had this, she does not have this photo in her her library uh, right. of photos. Uh, but if she did, and she was trying to send it, say, to her mother, right? Like this could be detected as possibly being something harmful. It wouldn't be, but it could be because there's a naked child. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so mistakes could be made with this. Hence the reason Apple also does the visual verification before passing on any data about your uploaded iCloud images. Same reason. The child would have the ability to bypass, and if they're under 13, they notify the parent so the parent can take a look and see what's yeah. going on, right? But this is different from the iCloud photos thing because, again, this applies only in the specific circumstances of your child being a part of an iCloud family, being under a certain age, and the parent slash guardian or, or you know family creator have turned this feature on. Right now. Let's get to some of the conversations, some of the concerns some people have about this feature. And I'm a little bit more ambivalent about this feature, uh, but also feel like as a parent, like you should be aware of what your children are doing. Like mm-hmm. that, that's, you know, I'm not trying to take any shots at anybody, but I talk to, I have a lot of friends, including Michael, who have children around Michael's mm-hmm. happens to be his brothers, but that's not the point. He still treats them like children. He takes care of them like he should as a parent. I told him that one day. Like, dude, you're a very good parent for them to be your brother. <laughs> right. Uh, but he's aware of what's going on with them. They talk. They have conversations. He does not allow the devices that are around their house to have raised his brothers. Uh, I don't allow the devices my kids have to raise their kids. All the people I know are fairly decent parents. Uh, we are aware of what our kids are doing. And when we find out they're doing something we don't want them doing, we put a stop to that shit. (laughs) That's how you handle that. Pretty damn quick. (laughs) Pretty damn quick. Uh, But some of the concerns that people have, and so there's one argument, the EFF, which is an organization I actually donate to uh, uh, as a nonprofit. EFF does a lot of good work. They sometimes completely overreact and blow a gasket about something. I'm like, I don't understand what the problem is. They're blowing a gasket about this. Their reasoning being that Apple has broken into end encryption. Maybe mm-hmm. they didn't actually say that. Someone repeated them saying that. And I've heard a lot of other people actually say that. Like, they're breaking into end encryption. They're not. The reason they're not, they're not yanking the image out of the air. It gets decrypted. So end-to-end encryption, just a quick explainer for people, because you probably hear this term a lot, may not really grasp fully how it works. 
I type a message into iMessage. Uh, it's not encrypted because I'm typing it on my device. When I hit send, it gets encrypted and then it goes to Michael. When it arrives on Michael's phone, it gets decrypted. Otherwise, Mike couldn't read it. Mm-hmm. It's only encrypted, meaning it's gibberish letters nobody can read between the time that it leaves my phone and arrives at Michael's. So if I receive an image, Apple doesn't scan the image on device again on device until it gets to my device and is decrypted. Or if I'm trying to send an image or a child uh, is trying to send an image that, you know, it gets scanned before it's sent still on device before it was encrypted. So they have not broken into an encryption. Now, the reason they're saying they're, they, they've broken into an encryption or they're tampering with it or whatever is because if the child sends or receives the image and they're under that age where the parent or guardian gets notified, well, they're like, you're telling what you're, you're, you're breaking the encryption because you're putting the parent into the conversation. No, the message was already decrypted. Uh, the parent gets notified that, hey, your child did this thing, right? They mm-hmm. they viewed this image or they sent this image that we detected to be something harmful. Yep. And the parent has the opportunity to uh, view said image. I, I honestly, and I, I do apologize to everybody listening because I don't know how the parent gets to view the image. Like, do they get it sent to them or do they have to go get it uh, from the child's device? Uh, but even if the image is passed over to the parent in a message, well, it's no different than the child forwarding the message to the mm-hmm. parent. It's just Apple is making that happen automatically, but it's still not breaking the encryption. And I'm fairly certain that when the message goes from the kid's pot device over to the parent, that it's encrypted until it gets there. <laughs> right, right, right. So they're not breaking into in encryption. They are adding someone else to the conversation that should not be there. But here's the point that I want to make. And I don't care if you don't agree with me. You don't have to. I'm a parent. I have two children. I have nieces and nephews too. Mm-hmm. But I'm a parent. I have the right to walk in my son's room right now, pick up his iPad, unlock it, and yep. browse his device. You want to know why? Because he's a fucking minor and I'm his fucking parent and I pay for it. If he's right. 19 years old and living in my house, maybe we have a different conversation. But as long as you're a kid, there's nothing stopping me from going through your shit. Nope. Point blank, period. And now, if you change I'm not that the type password, of parent. We have something to talk about. Um, yeah, they can't change your password because yeah. you're too young. Yeah. Now, once they get to the age where like Michael's, uh, Michael's kids in his house are, well, then yeah, things are handled a little differently. Like, do I have the right, or do I feel like I have the right? Yes, to go through mm-hmm. shit if I feel like it. But you're of an age where you're a reasoning person, and we can have conversations mm-hmm. about stuff. So, again, I don't feel like there's a problem. Now, I do understand some legitimate concerns and I I will, you know, go over those. I'm not going to, you know, be as cantankerous about those. So not all parents are like us. I get that. And this could potentially put, you know, a teenager because we're we're in in these particular cases. Like, let's say you have a teenager who uh, is uncertain of their gender or feel that their gender is different or their sexual orientation is different from that of what their parents are comfortable with and their parents are not nice reasonable people who would try to you know support their child regardless of their you know sexual orientation or gender Mm -hmm. uh identification and 
they are, you know, let's say doing what teenagers do, because I mean, let's be honest, I did some shit as a teenager. I probably shouldn't have done it. And my mother would have killed me. I should have known about yeah. it. Yeah. But let's say that stuff is going on. And then the parent finds out about this. And then that creates a much worse living situation for that child. Uh, that is horrible. That That is terrible. Mm. I don't have anything to say about that other than this, which is number one, most kids when they're going through that, first of all, if you're under the age of 13 and you're having these problems and you can't talk to your parents, like, I'm sorry. Like, I really can't do anything about that. I can't make the, like, you can't not protect people because there are also shitty people in the world like that. That doesn't, the, the math on that doesn't make sense. That, that, that's not logical to me. Uh, for kids over the age of 13, their parents are not getting notified that they did a damn thing. So, uh, no big deal there. If you're 12 and going, th- and I don't, I really don't mean to be crude when I'm saying this. So please take this at, at, in the way that it's meant and not the way that it possibly comes out. If you're 11, 12 years old like that, you're under the age, whereas, you know, if you're sending images around like that and your parents are going to get notified and you are going through a, uh, gender identity situation or you're figuring out your sexual orientation. I don't mean to be crude, but you're slightly too young to be dealing with any of that by yourself. Anyway, if you're having to deal with that by yourself at that age, like there are much bigger problems than your parents finding out that you sent a naked picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I, I do truly empathize with kids that grow up in, in terrible households. Like, I understand that. But we can't not attempt to protect children from the maliciousness that exists in the world. Yes. Just because some parents aren't kind to their children. They're still going to be mean and nasty or whatever they are to their children, whether this exists or does not exist. Also, think about the spam messages that I, I mean, I think about the spam messages I get. As a, mm-hmm. now, my kids have iPads with no phone numbers that people can send stuff to. But, you know, in a few years, that may be a watch or that may be a phone. Like once a phone number is out there in the world, there's nobody. There's nothing stopping people from sending that phone a message. All right. They're, like, they're, you know, think about that. You know, what would a predator do to a kid? As bad as the situation could get for an actual child. In a household, there are some true look. Uh, uh, I personally have seen some of the worst shit that human beings can do to each other in my life. There is not much worse than some of the shit that I've seen. If there's anything worse than some of the things that I've seen, uh, I, I really don't. I, I don't think my brain could handle it. There are some dirty, nasty, predatory people out here in the world. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't believe that we should not attempt now should Apple have conversations and people try to come to a, a, a you know understanding or whatever yes but that's it, that it has to start somewhere and right and I think we go back to the beginning of this conversation maybe Apple shouldn't have announced all of this at once like that that nope. I not at all but this has to I'm surprised it's taken this long for something like this to happen because it's very important. And, and children, we can, we as parents can do everything we can to keep children safe, but at some point they're going to go off on their own. And I think that, that having this extra level of 
security or comfort comforts what i'm looking for this extra level of comfort so you know what else is going on because Demasi works. I work. Uh, you listening, listen to podcasts or you work. So you can't be hovering over your child 24-7, nor should you be. But this just gives an extra opportunity, I think, to, to help start some serious conversations with you and your kids, I think. And and hopefully it never comes down to it. But I, I also agree. I it, it, I am glad that this feature is here. I hope to never have it used on Nicholas because right now he would be the only one that I would get alerted of a message to. So I hope mm-hmm. to never have to experience that alert because then that, that is a very uncomfortable situation that he should not have to ever be in. So, right. And it, I mean, if, if it, you know, does happen um, like you, I'd hope it never happens with my kids, but if it does happen, like it, for me, that's a time for a conversation, yeah. right? To discuss whatever it was that happened and why this is dangerous, right? And we have these conversations with our kids all the time, like you know, don't do mm-hmm. that because that's dangerous, or if you do that, it's gonna hurt you. Like so, that that's again, I feel like you know, it's like saying, uh, I don't know, I, I I understand why some people are upset. Another thing I've heard that people are concerned about: well, what if you have a over controlling you know, spouse or a significant other that you're in a relationship with as an adult and they go set up an Apple family account and they put you in as a child and yada, yada, yada. And you don't know that they did any of these things. And now they're able to more, you know, deeply spy on you. Here's the thing. If someone were going to do that, they've already done it. Um, mm-hmm. Most likely. And even with none of the, none of, you know, the messaging feature not existing at all, they still could have, they still could do this and still have more control over your device and what you're doing than, you know, an average family account adult would have over another adult. Like, that's just the way that works. I mean, technically speaking, and again, I'm not, you know, blowing off anybody's concern because I know that they're very, very, they're very nasty people in the world, just in general. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I, I reflect upon some of what I know about, you know, the evil that humans can do to other human beings. And I look at an asshole like our 40-year president, like, man, you know, it's a good thing. He wasn't smarter than what he was. But at the same time, he wasn't as terrible as a person as some other people walking around free. But uh, I kind of forgot the point. Every time I think about that, I forget the point I was going to make. Setting up a child account for a spouse. Uh you know, if you set up a child, oh no! So I know where I was. Technically speaking, you could use Fi if you have a family account set up. You could use Fi to spy on your spouse, yep. like see where they are. Like you know, what I mean, you could totally do that. I mean, occasionally I pull my phone out and open up Fi I see where T is. Like I'm not yep. stalking her or nothing like that. It's just like, mm, should I call her or not call her to tell her to do this thing? Oh no, I see where she is. She already left the Walmart. Never mind. Yep. Yep. Uh. So, I mean, anything can be a bit, look, it's just like a weapon. Like, it's just like a hammer. Like, somebody used this example, and I, I I found it a little humorous, but also very apt. Apple is trying to provide tools to help protect children. I get it. I understand it. And I think it's something that's needed. You know, adjustments can be made, etc. But a hammer is just a tool to drive nails. A hammer can also be used to kill somebody. Yep. Doesn't mean they should stop selling hammers. And on that morbid note... <laughs> 
This is, I think, probably one of our more serious episodes. It is. It is. Uh, and I, I really didn't mean to take it like down the path of such seriousness, but I really did want to take the opportunity, not because everybody else is talking about it, but because every a lot of people are talking about it and misunderstanding what's happening. I mean, I had a very long conversation. The reason what made me want to actually discuss this is I've had, I've had two or three different conversations this week with mm. friends of mine who don't understand, who didn't understand, you know, what was happening. Like yeah. they, they weren't super upset and like, oh man, I'm rage quitting iCloud photos or, you know, can you believe Apple is, is breaking my encryption on my messages? Like it wasn't that visceral of a reaction, but they really didn't understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at least two of them were, yeah, it was three people. So at least two of them are, are fairly technical. They, they understand how to use devices and how stuff goes and all of that. Like they're not, you know, just like, oh, you say encryption and their eyes glaze over like they they get some of this and how it works or at least have a, a, a low, you know, higher level understanding of it. Uh, but they really didn't understand what was going on. But it's all around the reporting that is happening. Like I lay I look, Craig Federighi said and maybe they should not have announced all this stuff at one time. I agree with that statement. I said it before he did. So he stole it from me. <laughs> uh, but they should not have done it. In, in that way necessarily they should have broken this up and and, and did a, a, a more thorough explanation of each individual thing on its own uh but also i lay a large portion of the blame at the feet of the reporters who were chasing clicks yeah. now i understand it's not necessarily their fault because that's the business they're in and this is what the industry has done to them but whenever you know one thing i can say no, I can't say that. You know, I still let it feed it of, of the, uh, of the click bloggers, bit. the reporters who, who are, you know, more focused on getting the clicks. They are and actually disseminating good information. Yes. If you don't understand the thing, shut your fucking mouth till you do. And if you have questions about something that we talked about, you can reach out to Demasi. On you Twitter. Answer your questions. D-A-M-A-S-H-E. And he's on Twitter at Payone. P-A-Y-O-W in and um one final request for people uh one let us know what you thought about this episode and tweet at me because i really do need to start time tracking so that means i need to start time tracking everything i didn't time track this episode by the way so that means i'm already off to a terrible start but if you're at all interested in checking in to see how i'm doing with the time tracking tweet at me i'm gonna put twitter on my phone so i will get notifications 97 minutes because we started at 801 so 96 minutes (laughs) (laughs) and that includes our discord track or testing too uh, so, you know, you can at mention me and be like, man, hey, man, how's the time tracking going? Are you tracking your time? What are you doing? And I will reply uh, and probably, you know, uh, be like, oh, shit, I forgot to start a toggle. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go start a toggle so I can track time of me replying to you. <laughs> yeah, uh, or, hey, I'm doing great. Thanks. Uh, you know, so appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed. Maybe I'll put a click to tweet link on the show notes that will tweet Demasi and say, Hey, how's your time tracking going? Good deal. Good deal. Good deal. And Michael knows I wouldn't normally invite people to just randomly tweet me bullshit about what's going on. But I I do invite you to, you know, tweet at me and Michael can put this click to tweet link in at your own pay.com slash DM 76. And you can tweet at me like, Hey, how's the time tracking going? Right. Just click the link. Michael put the message in. All you got to do is click the link and hit send. Uh, 
and we'll get there. Thanks for listening, folks. We appreciate it. Hope we didn't get too too uh, too serious, but I, I felt like this was something that needed to be discussed. Uh, me and Michael did not discuss this beforehand, by the way, other than me asking him, was he, you know, did he want to talk about the subject? But that was it. Like we didn't share any thoughts or opinion. So uh, I'm not surprised, but we share the same uh, <laughs> viewpoints about this. Uh, I'm not surprised by that, but I also did not know this. So like this could have turned into a whole different. <laughs> yes, a whole yes different it could thing. have. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, we will be back in a couple of weeks ish, maybe. Or sooner on Discord. You never know. That no one has that. And hey, if you are interested. Oh, I think I stepped on you. you Oh, no, go ahead. I was just saying that no one else has access to except Ben. (laughs) Uh, So Ben is our longest running supporter now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, also, you know, you can uh, follow the show on Twitter at the DM series. And tweet at us or tweet at the DM series and let us know if you are interested in listening to a live stream uh, at all. And if you are, uh, let us know and go over to your own pay.com slash support and make a small contribution. And hey, that's the first perk that we're offering. We told you there were probably probably be perks if you were a supporter. Here's a perk that you can possibly get. I will warn you, we recorded like, you know, 11. We start recording at 11 Eastern. Uh, at night so be aware of that if you want to live stream yeah, we ain't moving yeah, the time this time is working great <laughs> it is hey man yeah. people be up and look it is like going into the afternoon in australia so hey there we wherever go. you happen to be in yeah the maybe Come maybe it'll man. just be our international listeners <laughs> there hey that'll be nice yeah yeah get to know them and that's enough rambling for this outro. <laughs> we'll cue the music <laughs> and get into it. See you guys next time. DM show at your own pay.com slash DM 76. You've been listening to your own pay podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit your slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The your own pay podcast, your own pay.com.